you know, when you're, if you get to wearable computing, which is more than just something around your wrist, then maybe you can start doing some, you know, medical diagnosis and recording of, you know, physiological data like heart, you know, uh, like a Holter monitor, you know, heart monitors, EKG t-shirt on all day. Yeah. Because people aren't freaked out that Google's reading their email. We'll just wait till Google's reading your life pulse. You can see them going <laughs> along with that just fine. Mr. Matt Lee, your cholesterol is a little high. And your stress level is, <laughs> shut up! No more notifications. Christ. Please. <laughs> February 13th, 2013. This is episode 42 of Yats. It's yet another tech show every week. Live, right here, Wednesday nights, yet another tech show.com. That's our site. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me tonight, we got Ant Pruitt. What's up, Ant? What's going on, gentlemen? We got Larry Press. What's up, Larry? Howdy, guys. Mike Rothman. How you doing, Mike? Gentlemen, I'm just thrilled to be here. And Chris Miller back again because it was so fun the first time. What's up, Chris? Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. Nothing clever to say here. Move on. <laughs> so, uh, I guess we should start out mentioning, as usual, the Google Plus community. If you guys want to submit stories for us to discuss or you have questions or anything like that on the tech that we do discuss throughout the week on there, check it out on Google Plus. Uh, you can get an invite or request one or whatever. I don't know how that works. Circle something and you'll, uh, you'll find it. Yet another tech show on the Google Plus community. And also, speaking of great communities, the smartphone photographer community just picking up steam like Thomas, the train engine, and hosting those Thursday nights. That's right. You want to tell everyone? 30-ish. Mention the uh, latest event real quick. Maybe we can get a few more entries. The latest event is basically taking it from a different, taking shots from a different point of view. So instead of looking at something straight on, like taking a portrait, we want you to modify your viewpoint whether it's taking something from the floor up or from the tree down or what have you just something creative you know what's going to be interesting when uh google glass comes out and uh the the internet's flooded with pictures from eye perspective like it's going to be a a different perspective rather than holding i think that'll be kind of interesting to see and then how how people will have to change that up to get different like are you setting your glass on the ground to take that other angle or (laughs) <laughs> what are you doing? I had fun with my little shot, but you have to check it out tomorrow night when we do the uh, when we do the show. Yeah, but definitely make sure you hop on the smartphone photographer community and vote for your favorite submission, and uh, we'll announce the winner. And the winner picks the next scavenger hunt event, so to speak. Yep. So uh, last week, Chris, you talked quite a bit about the Z10 and the other new BlackBerry devices. We got an interesting piece on PC World here that if you're in the U.S. and you really... Now, when I say you really want one, I mean you really got to want this thing. You, you got to want it like right now because you're going to pay for it. And if you have $1,000, you can get one from GSM Nation on this random mobile service provider called Solovey. But... $1,000, that worth it to get one right now, Chris? No, you really want a lot of things if you're paying $1,000 for that phone. For the- <laughs> any, any- no, what is this unsubsidized price? It's, unlocked. it's got to be an unlocked for 1000 and from a non-carrier because only the three carriers are the authorized. It's got to be an unlocked phone. I've right. got, I, I can't understand the market for this. Why offer a device for $1,000? It's going to be on sale soon for you know a, a small fraction of that. There's always somebody. And it says Solovey is the first carrier in the U.S. to offer this thing. And, I mean, you can get it, like the article says, from Verizon for 200 with a contract from other carriers. But if wait, you wait, want who, it who's right... The, who's what? the first carrier? Solovey is what yeah, this is. Yeah, their coverage is, like, smaller than clear. 
Is it? I've never oh, heard of them, so never heard of them either. Right, and clear backhauls off of Sprint, if Sprint. I'm correct. Right, yeah. and Solovey is oh. an MVNO that runs on T-Mobile. It's a, so Solovey's a guy with a dish in his backyard reflecting your signal to his neighbor. How does he have thousand dollar Z10s going? <laughs> he's probably buying unlocked ones, is what he's doing. They're not carrier locked. You think this is like a marketing uh, uh, yeah. deal for bragging rights? We were the first in the nation. Yes. I don't know. Somebody should, if you get one of these things, make sure it still has a serial number on it. But if I'm saying if you paid $1,000 and got it early, why are you bragging? I'd keep that on the hush-hush and bring it out when all your other friends get one. And you're like, oh, yeah, me too. But let's, let's you jump to the bigger story. What did they announce between the time? They announced a full MDM solution for iOS and Android as well off the Best 10 server. Let's, you got you to gotta throw that out there. They said not only will we manage these BlackBerry devices, but you know what? Are you tired of your employees bringing this junk into your environment that you can't control? Here's a full platform off the same Bez server that will control and isolate data for your company for those Android and uh, iOS devices. No, that's pretty slick. That's right. slick, but how is that? How is that funneling people into getting its devices, or is it? It's not meant to. It's I, not meant to. It's how does that help their? It's their Bez server, so that's a different license. These are two oh, different things. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it's competition with Microsoft's uh, uh, good GAS. Good technology too. Yeah. So you've got a a platform. So right now, a hot market is MDM technologies, right? BYOD stuff, bring your own device into the enterprise. What do you need to do mobile device management? There's like five or six different platforms. None of them do everything you want it to do. Bez says, we've already got secure devices. We'll secure devices that aren't even ours now. So why why would you not take the flexibility? Use a Bez? You don't want to? You don't use a BlackBerry? Are there, current, are, are there currently solutions that will handle all of the platforms? They just don't offer the good functionality that the Bez does, or is the Bez the first one? Here's That's going to handle all of them. It's the, it's the flip side. There's nobody that does the Bez, but Bez is doing everybody. That ah. kind of sounds bad. That really sounds awful. So <laughs> let me reword that. <laughs> so Bez is promiscuous. Got it. Bez, Bez, Bez is, is like your UPnP ports <laughs> just promiscuously <laughs> getting sniffed by the public internet. That's all right. It's Got the it. opposite. They're sniffing everybody. It's right. The that, that's They're a scanner. Right. <laughs> so good, Bez guys, is saying, good. We'll, we're the only ones that know our technology. We'll manage those Bez devices. But on the flip side, we will also manage all those other ones for you, but none of them is going to manage us. Well, let me ask you, Chris. What if someone, what if an enterprise says, you know what, we'll just get rid of all of our exchange um, servers okay. and just what go Bez only? So that, that is, you saying no. this is... is no, you, you messed up there because you can't get rid of the Exchange server. That's the message store. You have to have a mail store, right? Somewhere you're connecting to a message store. Bez isn't okay. a message store. I it's a platform you. for delivery. Which is connecting uh, to whatever message store happens to be right. used. Gotcha. Right. Now, they could say, I'm getting rid of my good technology, and I'm getting rid of my semantic management, and I'm getting rid of my uh, IBM Tivoli endpoint manager, and I'm getting rid of all these other products because I'm going to go one full Bez. To s- all my devices are supplemented now. Right. So that's possible. That does sound appealing. If you're that the guy really like having to deal with all this stuff and you're given one option or three separate options that you have to use all at once, like that sounds really good. Yeah, so I think it's that's the selling point right now in the story. It's not just these devices because everyone right now is beating the batteries up, which it's first day device you're using you know, nonstop. People are saying they're getting a full day, a day and a half. Some are saying they're getting eight to ten hours. It's how much you're using and what you're doing with it. Are you in a 4G area? Are you on Wi-Fi? Um, I'm happy to get eight to ten hours myself. Well, and you well, always that's... notice that, like, when people first get the new devices and they're because they're using them, like Chris said, nonstop. You're you're playing with it. You're figuring it out. Once you you need to give it like two weeks, I think, for you to really settle down into your average use, ca- and then you can see what your what your battery life is really going to be like. Outside and the other of doing kicker, compared to iOS, what can you do that you can't do on the iPhone? Oh, I've got an extra battery. Yeah, put a battery in the darn thing. It's not an iPhone where you know you can't do it. You've got batteries. Put a battery in it and be quiet. All right. All right. Word you know, I'm, I'm thinking all of those locally hosted services go away over the next few years as businesses more and more go to the cloud for these services where it's all hosted for you and it's all remotely managed. Yes. That's what I do for real money. So, oh, in that case, you and I need to talk. That's what, we, like that's to, what we do. I'd like to know some real money. You're on the wrong so, side of town to be talking about real money. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it pays the day bills, but no, that's uh, that's what we do. We do remote management and hosting. We're well, cloud providers. Well, I guess my point, Chris, is aren't these uh, services like beds on a very short remaining life cycle while while the, the, the real volume business is going to move to massive cloud-hosted solutions. It's still Bez on the back end. Does it matter who manages it? You still have to own the licenses for and everything else. You're still using the same solution, but you may use it somewhere else. So picture, we're hosting Bez servers for companies because the device connects somewhere in the world that doesn't care where. It doesn't matter where it sits. It's still the company's you know connectivity point. I guess the point is today... You a a business, small, medium, large business could contract either with Microsoft or with Google for remote mail and related services. One price, one configuration panel. More than you, that, yeah. Yeah, you you well, yeah. I mean, but it, you 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 set it up from the business's perspective. You set it up. The administration of the of the services is greatly reduced. You're not dealing with licensing a bunch of different software products, you're licensing a service from one provider who integrates it all. And if you want to add Bez to any of those, you pay an extra license fee. And if you want to add mobile client management, you pay an extra license fee. And if you my, want, you're still paying it. So I see what you're saying. You're just putting it somewhere else. You're still paying the same fee. You're just not considering the hard you don't you're not handling the hardware in the back end infrastructure, but you're still paying for the service. And that back end service might be uh, good. It might be the new BlackBerry 10 model for the, you know, for the fusion, for the management. Uh, it could be the semantic. It could be Tivoli. You don't really know what it is. Yeah, and my guess is as Microsoft and Google and others roll this out, they're probably going to be basing their standard configurations on their own solutions rather than on the BlackBerry solution. Well, look at what, what is the, the Microsoft solution. Well, you know, you you know a whole lot more about this than well, I do. That's what I'm saying. They're licensing other technology like good. <laughs> IBM is using their traveler capabilities plus their own Tivoli products for endpoint management, uh, but they're also offering BlackBerry as a service for the BlackBerry devices to connect up because of the security and the connectivity of it. Microsoft has to offer some of the BlackBerry stuff due to the connectivity for the security for the government offices and some of the other ones that do HIPAA controls and stuff. Yeah. So that BlackBerry stuff is still there. Um, you can't put a mobile connect manager on the end that does encrypted traffic, but you still have to have a product on the end that manages that. So, yeah, you do run into the same things, but they're going to license these technologies. Basically, you're still paying for the transport. Transport, management, license cycle, subscription service to the software. Just You're just not running the hardware. That's Just the not running the hardware. Gotcha. Yep. They just break it into a monthly cost per user. Uh, if you look at some of them, it's the same as it would be if you bought a license for a year but they're adding hardware cost. Right. So if you subtract out the license, that's how much it is for the hardware. I don't know. I, I thought I thought at least some bundles that I'm seeing pur purport to be all of the services for one fee. They are, but it's behind the scenes and funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, you're, you're correctly. We bill customers in a one-rate solution, but behind the scenes you may have four different pieces of things running that one-rate solution. Sure, yeah, that, that I get. That I, yeah. So we may use Bez 10 on the back end, and you may never know. It's well, only there. it's only those those hardcore geeky IT enterprise guys that are really going to be messing with that. People like me and Ant are going to see the end result, which is going to be a seamless connection to whatever we're <laughs> using. Which is me wiping half your device. Yes, you're correct. That's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. <laughs> Chris, you got to stop wiping those devices. I'm telling you, that's man. That's that's the best part of it. We actually have like chants and ceremonies and candles. That's the best part of the day is when you get to remotely wipe. You just sit there. The and seance. You know, it's in their hand like this. They're looking at. It, they're like, look at my lovely. Ah, that's what they do. <laughs> they're like at the bar with their friends. Like, oh, dude, you got to see this. Pi oh, wait a sec. They uh, wouldn't let us wipe them. We just disabled the service, but we wouldn't. They wouldn't let us go and just remote wipe everything out. That's the new, well, see, that's the big thing we were talking about, though, is the separation of data, right? I'm going to touch your yeah. corporate data, but I'm going to leave you with your pictures. All yeah. your dirty stuff you keep personal, keep it personal. That corporate side is going to be gone. When you turn around and turn it back on, it's out. Yeah. And that's cool. That's almost like a new, a new thing, because before you had to be careful about mixing your, like, you had to keep that stuff really separate, otherwise you'd either get in trouble or it would just get wiped and you couldn't get back. Like, that's cool that it has a separation in there. 
Do you know how many SD cards come back into companies with well, personal pictures on them I'm that sure. they don't take off or swap out? There was, I mean, Tons. I know this this doesn't really relate to that, but there was an article in our local <laughs> paper here about a lady who sold her iPod to a pawn shop and then called the police because she didn't wipe anything on it, so people were using her identity and, like, stealing stuff. It was like, <laughs> well, you, you, I mean, kind of the same thing, but not really. I don't know. No, so, it's the same idea, but yeah, yeah it's, you get it. So, all right. Speaking of off topic, I got a, a, a message sent from uh, Shane, who does the Attack of the Android show with us, and he wanted to know if there were really zombies in Montana, because apparently uh, Great Falls, a little town east of here where all the nukes are supposedly at <laughs> uh, for Montana, has a emergency broadcast system for the television station, and maybe they're... Security wasn't quite up to par. I don't know. Montana computer security. Who knows, right? Uh, But so somebody hacked into it and (laughs) parlayed a message saying that the dead were rising from the graves and all the other fun stuff that goes along with the zombie apocalypse. And it actually got people, quite a few people, calling the police asking whether or not there was really zombies which I pardon, find... Pardon me, sir. Will will bullets work against zombies? I'm surprised. you got to be careful up here because it is an armed state. And, I mean, you get one emergency broadcast message. Pretty soon people are out in the streets headshotting their neighbors because their damn dog barks all the time <laughs> oh, and God, say, so well, he sweet. said zombies. I don't know. He was walking all weird. Maybe he was drunk. It is... So when they call the police, did they just hear, uh... Oh, God, that would have been so great. If the hackers would have rerouted calls to... Oh, man. Next time, guys, okay? Next time. Now, Matt, you, you, I, I just want to... Just between, like, the five of us, you, you weren't involved with that. No, I should preface this by saying that is... I, no, I don't... Don't you see he's gloating over there? No, oh, I, I just thought it. it was funny. I see it. No, that's uh, above my pay grade, definitely. Uh, there we go. Uh, Tra la 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 la. Wait, wait, this one's better. Uh, <laughs> Google okay, Plus just giving us really important, useful utilities for broadcasting information, and we appreciate that. We Thank love you, Google, Google Plus. <laughs> so, uh, we were talking about gaming a little bit on AOTA and some Android gaming. Valve came out with the what, what was that called? The Steam Box. Which looked kind of interesting, kind of maybe going up against the Ouya when that comes out. But there's a story off of Slash Gear here about Valve reportedly laying off uh, quite a few employees. Which, what is that? Does that make sense? Is this just normal and not a, it's a non-story or? Well, that's a story because there's a lot of people that just lost their jobs. Right. The Forbes reported that it was between 25 and 30 uh, in addition to Ellsworth, Jerry Ellsworth, who uh, came in in 2012, who was fired, and then uh, the 2025 people laid off. And it's all just speculation as to why people think maybe uh, possible financial problems, perhaps. Uh, That's the only thing I could think of because you, if I don't know if you have Steam, but I log into Steam probably you know every other day or so, and they're constantly trying to throw all of these different deals at me and some of them are really good deals as far as gaming goes and i'd like to think that they would be able to do all right with those deals but then you look look at this the next day and say hey they're laying people off where's their money going well and the speculation is maybe some restructuring possibly focusing on hardware and android or possibly uh, just bringing in new people could you see Steam for the mobile device that you're playing your games? Like if they built actual mobile ones, that would be that'd be awesome. Or if that. if if they made it somehow interconnectable between all of your devices and your console, or if they are focus- you thinking? Wait, let me ask you: Are you thinking second screen like they're doing with the Xbox, where you can now on your device do second screen technology? I'm thinking more. Well, that also, but I was thinking Ooh. more that these uh, devices are almost that powerful so you could take the game whether it's the full version or some sort of slim down mobile version of it and continue your play sync it across all of the devices so you you're not having to like bring and i don't know if kids still do this but we used to like bring our memory cards over when we would game mario party and and uh super yeah. smash you know you'd, but if it's all on your phone you always have your phone with you 
that could be the new hub to power this. Maybe you have extra stuff on it. I, I don't know. There, there's a lot of possibilities here, definitely. So then uh, Engadget got a statement from Valve regarding the layoffs saying, we're not canceling any projects. We're not changing any priorities or projects we've been discussing. This isn't about Steam or Linux or hardware or insert game name here. We're not going to discuss why anyone in particular is or isn't working here. I mean, maybe that could be restructuring when you look at a statement like that. Yeah. You know, we're cleaning house and we're going to get a fresh start. Right. Quit asking. Mind your own damn business. Yeah. <laughs> Go see what I'm Apple's so, doing. That's kind of what maybe, it sounds like to me. Maybe maybe there was a mutiny in there, and, and they got a hold of it quick and said, you know what? You got to go. I'm taking you know, my Steam box, and I'm going home. Well, we'll probably hear about it once those employees are gone and they're released. Finally, someone will talk. Yeah, someone oh, will yeah. tweet about it. Here's why I was fired. Screw that place. Perfect. 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 That's why we like Twitter. Uh, and somebody and, will be in the news because the PlayStation launches next week, so something's going to come up in more gaming news. Are you guys you excited know. about that? I heard it wasn't uh, all that. Does anybody? I'm have a curious PS3? to see what the official word is because if this hardware isn't any different from what I already got, um, yeah, that's a little bit of a bit of a letdown. You know, can the they do that? Yeah, that's though? Can they not uh, upgrade hardware? Can they not rev hardware and still? be relevant and compete is was the three that that powerful or that great i will say that it's one of the best blu-ray players out there on the market isn't blu-ray sony's baby yeah i mean so shouldn't it be if it wasn't would you be like well that's odd but no I, i wish it did have a better gpu on it um the processor on it isn't that bad but i still think the the graphics processor could have been a little bit better um and so I was hoping that this would sort of, you know, iterate in the PS4. You know what it's going to be? You know what it's going to be? Kids, kids are going to open up the PS4 box, and it's going to be two PS3s daisy-chained together. <laughs> <laughs> the only good thing that I've seen rumored was a, a, a camera coming with it in a bundle. Um, and then the new controllers, they have a, a touchpad on the top of them, similar to the Vita. Hmm. You know, but I don't know how useful that'll be. But I think the PS2 was the last one I got. I got the original PS1, or maybe it was the 2, and played Forsaken. You remember that game? Awesome game. And then the Final Fantasy one. game. But I never got, I don't know, I was more of a Nintendo guy than a PlayStation kid. So Next week, I'm going to keep a lookout on it. I'm going to try to watch the live event next week. Larry, how many Ataris do you have in your closet? Yeah. <laughs> I never had one, man. My old, my old computers were actually I had a wire wrapped out there. Oh wow! Wire wrapped. That that's uh, dating yourself, there, Larry. I, 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 I had a wire wrapped single board computer that I made, and a, and but a soldered together Altair kit. That's awesome. <sighs> I didn't still have it, and, he, and then I went straight to real computers like CPM based machines, and I skipped all the. Uh, you skipped all that nonsense in between. <laughs> You're such you guys, a nerd. Hearing, I know, you right? guys, hearing you guys talk about these game things, I no surprise. I'm not a big gamer, but my grandchildren don't seem to do that anymore. They're way more into. Uh, they they aren't into their uh, their game consoles. Are they PC really gaming? Like Minecraft, for example. Are they, they like are they stuff. are they PC gaming or are they tablet mobile device gaming? Yes. All of the above. Okay. Uh, but the thing is, when they get on a PC, they'd way rather do something like Minecraft or you know, build worlds and or stuff. Or Facebook. <laughs> I'm playing Facebook, Grandpa. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, they're not into that. It's Minecraft, man. Now they really like uh, that. Um, I don't see them doing those, you know, the TV set games at all anymore. So did you? So what? So what are they building with Minecraft? And and oh, you know, Mike, it's it's so cool to watch them. It, from ages six on up to, um, they build these incredible 3D worlds, you know, subterranean, superterranean, flying around in them. Those kids are are getting kind of cognitive skills that I architects. Will never have. My brother and his friends play that, and my brother and his friends replicated a level from Zelda, built the palace, built like the Triforce thing in the middle with the fairy fountain, like all these weird things. 
And then uh, I think I mentioned this before, but they they got one of their friends to start playing and they were building like houses and uh, their friend was at school. And while he was at school, they laid his foundation with dynamite and wired it to the light switch. And when his friend got home and uh, walked into the house and hit the light, it blew up everything. But there was so much that it fragmented to the point where the computer couldn't keep up and it just crashed the server. It was pretty, oh, wow, it was pretty epic. That's like my, my only Minecraft story. But I tried yeah. to get into it. I couldn't. I don't, I don't like that game. I but I just I'm astounded at the kids' skills. Oh yeah, the cognitive skills they're building uh, to do that kind of. Thing. They're going to be great jet airplane pilots or architects or something. Don't leave me in the dust. Yeah. In fact, one of them wants to be an architect now, and I think it's because Minecraft has just inspired him. Fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'd like to try it one day, but I I just didn't have the time. I get too tied up with shooting people on Black Ops 2. <laughs> too busy or playing. The, the important stuff. I need yeah, more than eight bits. Yeah, I'll tell you one more thing about it. The thing that's really fascinating is you ask them, like, these are complex things. There's all these menus and like, controls and this and that. Yeah. And you ask them how they learn to do it. They have no idea. They just farted around with it and inductively just sort of figured it out. They can't tell you how they learned to do these really complex things. Uh, that's kind of a, a mystery to watch, too. That's yeah, cool. The learning process. The totally inductive. They don't read manuals. <laughs> yeah, who reads a manual these days? Who uses, <laughs> I mean, speaking of just deprecated hardware, like do any of you guys wear watches anymore, or do you guys all use your phones for a watch? Does anybody have watch on? Watch on? I want a watch. I don't own one, but I I would like to have a watch. Mike's got his wa- his wind up right pocket here. watch. Is that a Rolex? Damn, Mike. Uh, that is no. It's a uh, <laughs> what is it? A, a uh, Seiko. A Seiko. And I've had this watch. This watch has worked. There it is. Here it is on my wrist. This watch has now in its thirty third year. Cool. Uh, only thing I've ever had to do to it is replace the battery. And there's there's kids all across the country that couldn't read it because it's not digital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, it's got this round face and these hands that go go around. Here's no, they, the only watch I've. It's three time in school. Do you guys remember the Xeon? Do you remember these things? Yep. From yeah. Think Geek. Wow. I can't believe I found this. I still have it, but it would light up with colored dots, and you would figure out to tell the time by that. It was like the binary clocks they had, but not binary, yeah. obviously. But And then I had one called an Android watch way back in the day before there was a thing called Android, and they were like these silver with bright... Do you remember those, Chris? And they had like one of them, you had these little dials that you could open and hide things. Yeah, I thought those were cool, but they must have... Right. Well, so, so you want to get into... Yeah, I, I know which discussion you want to get into. Yeah, you know uh, my segues are so good, you can foresee where that was going. <laughs> well, there's two parts to this. So there's two camps, right? And I know where you you want to go with it, but we'll cover the other camp first. And that's like me. There's the classic watch collector, right? The one that likes high end, stylish, not too expensive, really nice watches. Watches as jewelry. Watches as jewelry that are a statement that are functional. You know, jewelry have, or have, gadgets? More gadgety or more jewelry? Well, I have see, I have one only one requirement. That's multiple time zones because ah. all my travels. So I, that's the only requirement I have. Be it, and it's never digital. It's always hands. I can read clocks. But you want to get into the four or five right now watches that are supposedly integrated that do stuff, right? Watches that are saving you the two seconds it takes to take your phone out of your pocket, unlock it, and look at well, what you're Well, that way there's about three or four different ones, right? So there is the, the Pebble. So we should t- mention them all, right? There's the Pebble. Sure. There's the sure. Phosphor. There is the uh, – starts with an M. Uh, it's the guys that were from Fossil, and he started his own watch company. If you give me one second, I'll look that up. And all of those have some sort of either connectivity or standalone technology built in that are supposed to stop you from having to always go to your device like you said. Right. So while you sucker up on that, let me look it up real quick. Which are I, are all of those running e ink or that new paper yeah. ink or yeah. two are running e ink, one isn't. So hang on a second. I well, I get the other one, but two are running e ink, yes. And that I don't know having 
It, it depends what type of functionality, I think. I, I don't know. Still, it would have to be so much for me to want to wear this annoying thing. I don't know. And that, maybe that's me because I'm not used to it. If you're used to it, it'll the, the threshold will be lower for you to cross to want to get one. But if you're not used to wearing a watch, like that thing needs to do something super awesome like Dick Tracy's watch back in the day. Or inspect your gadgets. Well, you know, it's got to do something more than just tell me the time and a notification here and there. Yeah, it seems like they're all trying to just tie into fitness and all of that other stuff. And I don't know how it can tie into multimedia other than playing your tunes or something. You can't watch a video on it. I wouldn't want to watch a video on a small watch. Would like you want to FaceTime or GChat, video chat, hang out on something like that? Could you, like, hold it up to your, like, I mean, that would be kind of weird, wouldn't it? Yeah, I can't Way see it. Way weird. I, I now, can't see it. Did you guys see the actual project that's out now between actual e-ink company? It's the CSTO one watch. Uh, Central Standard Timing and the e-ink company themselves have just re- they came out with a project just the beginning of this year, so weeks ago. And it's, it's ridiculous. What is it? It's the thinnest watch ever made. It's e-ink. And it's like how many millimeters thick is this thing? Um, I'll get the link and I'll put it it's over like for everybody. It's like a nano nano of sorts. Just what, does it do anything other than tell you what time it is? You can embed it into your skin. Uh, pretty darn close. Uh, you know, it's uh, a Kickstarter fund. They got a couple hundred thousand dollars already. Uh, Two hundred thousand dollars is their goal. Uh, they were at CES. It's still not the final product. They only had the test one at CES. I'll put the uh, the link in the chat for all you guys. But that's one of the ones that are out there now, and it's all about the technology. It's not about the um, – it's about the relationship with it. So, so I got a guy that just got his Pebble watch, took him a few to get it connected. But, yeah, it does a little bit. It doesn't have any of the apps running yet. It's a showpiece right now. It's still it's, early, right? It, it's very, it's very so, early. Chris, explain what, what exactly this tech on the Pebble watch – you know what is so captivating about it? What, what, what is going to sell me on going out to get? Is one? it the gimmick? Is it still just a gimmicky thing? Like people are like, "Ooh, this is neat for a minute," and then it's not. Or do you think well, it's got legs? They say internet connected apps. So picture that the internet connected app is using what Bluetooth through your device to get out. It'll connect to Android and iPhone. Uh, there's silent vibrations to incoming calls, so it integrates with messages and your calls onto your screen to show you who's calling and things like that. But then there's the apps, and it's the app store that's supposed to be the big piece with the API that they have to release it to everybody, like GPS access or uh, people on bikes or that run, uh, integrating with your music that's on there without you having to touch your other device. You can just quickly hit stuff. But none of these apps that I've seen are actually there. So um, the, these are developed music and GPS stuff. I could see that. Yeah, it sounds like the, customizing your watch face. That's like a ten-year-old thing to me. That's yeah. like MySpace. Like, look at my glittery page. You know, look at my animated gifs. Right. Caller ID, email notifications, SMS, uh, iMessages for iOS, calendar alerts, Facebook, Twitter. You know whatever. what I'm hearing from all this though? Isn't this just more notification overload? I mean, you get phantom rings because your phone's in your pocket when it's not ringing. You're gonna get phantom vibrations from this thing on your wrist now. I, I, I don't know. That just seems overload to me. They've got a dev, uh, AP, they've got an API, so they're going to make it open with SDK and everything else. But from what I understand, that I've seen two or three people have them in their hands. There's really no apps yet for them to do. Well, it's like glass, right? The the people, the developers are looking at the possibilities of what can be done with it, and they'll work on it. And when they have something, they'll let us all know. Yeah, Mike, if you're Mike, you're a runner. Would you like something like that that told you how? Um, are you were running, how how fast you were running, where you were, that kind of stuff? Well, actually, when I run, I run with a Garmin watch that is designed for runners that has a built-in GPS, so it, it's continuously giving me pace and distance and uh, change of elevation and time information. There's a lot of those niche watch. I used to have an Avocet watch that was for snowboarding and skiing. It would count your runs, give you your speed and all that stuff. It seems like some of these are trying to bring all of those different niches together because it all uses the same basic hardware, your accelerometers, your uh, barometer, whatever it's got in it. But the the watch is big and bulky. Yeah, the Avocet was too. It was like, pow. Yeah, I, you know, if they could tri- if they could shrink it down to look decent and had decent battery life, 
um, we could talk. But well, Mike, why is it technologies away from ways from there now? Why is it big and bulky though? Isn't it trying to have all of the the hardware, the processing, the battery all inside the watch? So if this is just an interface to your phone, you're not having to put in the processor and all this other stuff, so you can slim it down quite a bit. Yeah, and that's that seems to be the the, the rumor, doesn't it, about the Apple Watch? And maybe that'd be sort of cool that you'd get. Or you could do it with Google. You could get notifications and the rest of it. Um, you know, Google. I also, while I'm running with that watch, I am also running on my on my uh, HTC One X a application called Zombie. Map My Run. Oh, and it's doing essentially the same stuff. The problem is, though, that the the uh, the, the the phone is too big and bulky to get out of my pocket. And turn on and unlock and look at the screen for the information on that app. While you're running, you've got to be able to sort of quickly glance at your wrist or something like that. So that almost seems like glass or even a lens that are on your (laughs) eyes, which we're not anywhere near to really yet. But I I would rather have that than something I'm having to look at, something that is just there in my vision when I want it and then it pisses off when I'm done with it. That would be ideal. I'm up for that. You know, I run, I run with glasses on. I could, you know, just a little something that straps to the back of my head or something and feeds around the side to the to the lenses. I just Very want cool. contact lenses. I don't want anything strapped. I just want little contact that give me a Metroid mm-hmm. Prime suit. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Well, the next generation will be embedded in our cornea or something. Maybe born with a watch. The board. Yeah. Would you like your baby in e-ink, LED, or Super AMOLED? (laughs) Brightest baby on the block. So do you think this is... Let me ask you, have you seen the one um, Next D? Did you see that one that they came out with this year? It's a design still, but it's out of... Is it out of Tokyo, I believe, or out of Korea? Um, Next D takes it to another level, of course. Satellite traffic uh, with streets on there. uh, The ability with micro USB slot with cap, uh, battery indicators, a camera. Uh, it's a, uh, LCD, AMO LED display, uh, flexible strap, things like that. So that's one of the ones they just also are highlighting this and it's called the next D. That's actually pretty. I threw a link in the live chat there for you guys listening live. Uh, it's, that's cool. I mean, we're seeing a lot more of this flexible stuff with uh, the new, uh, corning, glass like you can make it bend and have a full screen around your whole wrist if need be here's wow that's sick i mean here's the one i've been looking for i couldn't find the darn thing whim that's the one i've been looking for this whole time whim whim show it to us i'm trying to show it to you give me one second so wearable computing are you guys like in on this or is it just gimmicky the glasses. I'm in on it if this is going if it's going to be something practical about like how you guys were saying with tracking your runs or tracking your your snowboarding or something. If like If it that. somehow incorporates into the things we're doing day to day and helps give us more yeah. signals or some sort of extra something that's not just mm-hmm. here's what time it I is. Don't, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need notifications. I mean, my phone is loud enough; it rings during the hangout all the time. You know what I mean? You know, when you're, if you get to wearable computing, which is more than just something around your wrist, then maybe you can start doing some, you know, medical diagnosis and recording, a, you know, physiological data like heart, you know, uh, like a Holter monitor, you know. Heart monitors. EKG t-shirt on all day. Yeah. Because people aren't freaked out that Google's reading their email. We'll just wait till Google's reading your life pulse. You can see them going <laughs> along with that just fine. Mr. Matt Lee, your cholesterol is a little high. And your stress level is, shut up! No more notifications. Christ. I know I'm stressed. I know. I'm me. I know. Thank you. Watch. That's awesome. So, do you think this will incorporate into the game stuff, and then you will have your little game on your little watch? No. Yes. No. <laughs> no. Yes. No. Maybe. And a maybe. Fantastic. 
I think that there will be some form of, uh, I bet you it's going to be over in the Asian market at first, and there's going to be some form of keep your pet alive, uh, keep your digital character alive, interact with something that's an online world. The Tamagotchi. But there's going to be something that interacts on that watch that you can communicate with someone that's close. There'll be Bluetooth functionality between the watches that you can communicate. It's going to be there. Something's going to be there that they'll gamify it so that it's, uh, it keeps you more interacting with people around you based upon that 30-foot proximity of Bluetooth. I'm calling it now. So when this happens, and we're talking about it later on a yeah, so you can go back to episode 42 and go, oh, yeah, Chris. Oh, Chris called it. Chris. <laughs> uh, my watch company's called. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Swatch, you may have heard of them. We're Swiss. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right, let's move on a little bit. You guys uh, know the State of the Union address was last night, as anyone trying to do a Google Hangout at that time, like we were for Attack of the Androids, just kept crashing. Just terrible, terrible for a company that scales well. They did not scale that very well, I don't think. But, uh, Larry, you had an interesting post on the Google Plus about the State of the Union address and uh, addressing the action on Internet infrastructure. You want to tell us? Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I didn't see it. I was teaching, but I I read the uh, the transcript. Which, by the way, that's just a little internet meta thing. That's a way quicker way to hear the state of union. It's way quicker to read the transcript and more convenient when you're doing a blog post than it is to watch the video on TV. Um, but yeah, I checked it out. I just kind of had I was paying attention to a couple, just looking for internet things. And he did make reference to, well, he referenced security, cyber security that we're going to, he wants extra authority, whatever that means, to defend us against attacks. He didn't say anything about uh, offensive cyber security. And I couldn't help thinking when he's talking about cyber security that some of that taxpayer money is going to go to, uh, you know, protecting the intellectual property rights of, of movie companies and stuff like that. I think that's part of the, part of the deal. But anyway, that's me being cynical. But um, the other thing he talked, he alluded to the fact that, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we had better infrastructure and really called for a kind of massive investment, um, not just in infrastructure, but in, in you know, medical um, and energy research. And, um, yeah, he Does- called for that stuff. At the same time, I don't know if you guys paid attention, but a week or so ago, the uh, Janikowski, the FCC chairman, uh, put out a. He wrote an article about a month ago in Forbes saying how we really need gigabit cities. Now they put out a thing. The FCC just put out this gigabit city challenge to get gigabit cities all over. So maybe they're going to get serious about uh, about catching up with Slovenia. Does that guys. go without saying, though? I feel like that's just the same thing, like him being like, "All right, we all need jobs now, yay!" And everyone applaud, like, "Yay!" Like, no kidding. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. But the thing is, okay, I'm no political uh, geek or anything, but, you know, he bothered to put it, He the things he bothers to put in the State of the Union address are probably things he put on some action plan for, like he talked about gun control and, uh, uh, you know, raising the minimum wage. And, you know, I suspect that there's at least a little bit of action behind everything that he, that he gives a sentence or two to in the State of the Union address. But I don't know. I understand. He's a politician. It's uh, the look over here while I'm doing things over here. I don't know. Thing. Yeah. But anyhow, it, all that, uh, you know, got it, um, you know, this, I don't know, Ethan, what's the digital cities challenge? What kind of money's behind it? Uh, but that by 2015, they want to have a gigabit city in every state. That's their, their stated goal. Um, we talked about that a couple of episodes back and yeah, for them, yeah, for him to bring this up last night, it's, it like you said, it sounds like he may have an action plan out there, and twenty fifteen is not that far away. His plan is to be like, "Hey Google, come here, yeah, <laughs> let's do this, cool. whatever it takes." And can I make a request that you know, I'll the gigabit? Tell you one thing that may have, it, it, there may be. I don't. I really don't know about this, but you know, a lot of what's happened in that gigabit city or in the ISP world is that the incumbent ISPs, the cable companies and the phone companies, have gotten legislation passed in many states, either impeding or completely outlying municipal ISP-type activities, either retail or wholesale. 
And maybe there's going to be some kind of legal move to try to make it easier for municipalities to get into the business. That was one thing that crossed my mind, but I'm just making this stuff up. I, don't, I really have no idea. <laughs> I'm just hoping. I hope something happens. I do too, man. It, it, like I said, it's not that far away, and it would really be nice. Yeah. Really nice. I would like to see really... how it's handled. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. I, I think I think Obama is the first president that really gets the importance inherent in the internet and technology. And while it's you know it's not going to be the predominant part of his agenda over the next four years, I think he's going to advance it where he can. Isn't that just the time though? I mean, the last couple presidents, like the internet, wasn't what it is now when they were there. Plus, they were kind of focused on other. Things. Yeah, but I, th- I think this president will be less interested in advancing corporate interests uh-huh. and I hope more interested. I- I'll give you an example. He talked about forming a commission last night, forming a commission to review how the nation handles elections. And he didn't make any connections at all with uh, Internet or technology. But in this day and age, surely there are technology solutions that we ought to be considering instead of paper ballots and paper votes and going to the poll and all the rest of it. You know, Mike, I took that as a whole different trip. I took that as a, as a jab against all these state initiatives that tried to put blocks in, in, the, in the way of poor people getting to vote. Uh, yeah, I thought uh, that's what he was talking about. Well, I think he's talking about that, too. There's yeah. no doubt that, you know, that the 102-year-old, the woman who was made to wait for six hours before she got to vote yeah. in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. But, you know, I, I agree that, you know, it's, it, it's just, you know, for sure the Internet wasn't what it was in the days, you know, Franklin Delano Roosevelt didn't use the Internet very well. But, um, <laughs> but you got to admit that Obama has used it. He was the first president to really use it big time, the first candidate. George Bush. He totally out fundraised and out organized George Bush on the in the you know in the internet realm. And again this year. So he I think he's the guy that, you know, maybe only got it four or eight years ahead of the rest of them, but he got it he's early got on. It. He got it early on, yeah. yeah. The power of the internet. Go. Brilliant stuff, guys. <laughs> I I was I was I sorry, I wasn't paying attention. My watch went off to uh, water my uh Facebook crops for Cityville. <laughs> Is that an app on the watch? That's cool. No, it's it's a, it's made up. Actually, uh, the joke came from one of our live viewers who is my co-host of Blackberry Days. It didn't, you know, isn't your watch connected to like Cityville or something stupid like nice. that? I was like, no, but that's the, <laughs> that's a great idea though. Get Zynga on the phone. I want a Zynga watch. Yeah. So you were speaking about gun control. You want to talk about 3D guns and 3D gun printing? Oh, yeah, that's another one that came up. Isn't that uh, great? Yeah, again, what it, one of Obama's, geez, I think the thing he gave the most time to in, in that talk was gun control. And uh, the, uh, I can't remember the name of it. There's a, a link to it. But there's some organization that believes in, you know, real strongly in freedom of speech and also freedom to have guns. And so they're, they're into publishing, uh, you know, CAD files to drive 3D printers to make guns and gun parts. And um, open source it. Why not? Oh, yeah, no, totally. And that's what they're doing. And and there's I I, I posted in the in the link there, um, just a, a little short clip of, of a guy that he takes a I think it was a thirty bullet magazine and he puts in a semi automatic rifle and just shoots it off. And you know it functions, it works, and it's something that was done on a three D printer. And it that kind of brings up the whole idea of not just in guns and stuff, but you know, can legislation really keep up with technology? Um, you know, maybe they're going to ban the sale of, of uh, big magazines, but if you can print your own big magazine, then they're going to have to start getting into free speech, the right to publish these plans. And um, technology kind of outruns uh, outruns legislation. Uh, they start requiring a license for three D printers. There you go. Yeah, licensed three D printers, or, or you know, are you going to start banning and say, okay, you can't have certain kind of uh, files posted on the internet, and then they're going to stop about the 
freedom of speech and da 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 da. I'll tell you what though, it's a lot easier to print a magazine than it is to print an actual gun. I think they're printing parts of guns. Uh, actually, somebody told me yesterday that that one of these guys has an actual working. You know, it's not one monolithic, but uh, you know, you print out the parts, put them together, and you got a gun. And if they aren't doing it today, will they not be doing it ten years? From Isn't now? that how Glock makes their guns? I mean, plastic? No. <laughs> With a 3D Anyone? Printer, not not any gun fans. They probably though. make their prototypes on a 3D. I'm you just know, saying. The prototypes on a 3D printer. Um, like my my uh, daughter and, and son-in-law are building a house, and their architect gives them a 3D printer uh, model of the house that they're going to have. That's kind I saw this video of the the magazine they printed off, and they ain't holding nothing back, brother. <laughs> it definitely looks like it's working. So yeah. someone answered me a question. I, I understand how it works, right? The 3D, 3D printer works. Why do they call it a printer? Because you're printing a file, in essence? It's, you just you change the medium. The process is the same, basically. You're just changing the medium <laughs> that's spitting out. You could call it a constructor, maybe, or something. A modeler? Just, a modeler a prefab? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's I don't a prefabricator. Know. How's that? 3D because they already use those terms in like industry, right? I mean, right. you have your large prefab manufacturing machine. Yeah. I don't know. I kind would... of a catchy internet meme kind of thing. The 3D printer, the maker, all that kind of thing. Well, extruder? The extruder? The it hot glue no, it gun? Builds by layers. It doesn't, ex- yeah, but so whatever, it doesn't extrude through a filter. You call it, it, it does what it does. It's like a Play-Doh fun kind of fact. Grandson of the, of the uh, numerically controlled machine tool, I guess. So, Chris, you mentioned that you were uh, starting a Lego show. Yep. You could kind of print out any Lego piece you needed with one of these, couldn't you? I mean, if you fed in the design to the printer and you could just make your own blocks or whatever? Technically, you could, but they do it the opposite. The open source software they wrote does the opposite. You feed in the design and it tells you what bricks you need based upon what's already made. Ah, so you're not having to make... Okay, I see. They say, I want to build this house with this roof and this and this this pitch. It says, oh, you need this block with this slant, and we need 800 of them, and yeah, right. it's the opposite. But you, you're right. You could technically... You could then take those, what what it tells you you need, and then feed that into your 3D printer and print out a thousand right little 4x4 four like four blocks, right? You could break every patent law that LEGO owns. Yes, yes, you could. <laughs> I thought those were up. Uh, it is up. That's why those spinoff companies are coming uh, left and right that still aren't doing very well. But, yeah, that, that one did wear out finally. But the interlocking block thing that Lego had for a long time has finally expired, apparently. But it doesn't stop them from making some amazing stuff now, apparently, because people are buying it up like crazy. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. You know, this that's going to really get into uh, copyright violations, you know? I mean, just on all kinds of stuff. Maybe not on Legos anymore, but... Uh, Good grief. You'll buy something, you somehow, you know, you, you make a model of it, and then you start cranking them out for yourself. Whoa. Yep. Parts fires. It's good stuff. They've yeah. been around since we were all little kids. Nice. So, all right, uh, before we get out of here, Mike, you had an interesting uh, article you wanted to discuss about the future of Google Plus and how it's hmm. doing we noticed a lot, like, if you were watching the Super Bowl, that you saw a lot of hashtags, you saw a lot of follow us here, like us here, but... And, I mean, you can make the argument that Google Plus uses hashtags, but it wasn't really any of those particular hashtags. What is its future, Mike? This is a, a story in, in Fast Company. Uh, we can uh, link to it in the show notes. Uh, it's really an interesting story. The, the writer is... T- take is that Google has amassed uh, between Google Plus and Hangouts functionality and Google Communities uh, and you know some of the other tools we're familiar with uh, a really impressive array of uh, services that what they still lack is any really uh, impressive marketing of the services, but it, the the premise is if Google gets its act together and markets what it has properly, uh, it it has the ability, it has the potential to leave the 
the Facebooks and other services, other competitors behind in the dust. Because so, those you know, other competitors are one one thing. They're not like Google that offers a whole host of services all around its social network that it yeah, now has. Yeah. It's just you're on Facebook and you're either playing games or you're stalking or whatever you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I got a chuckle out of this. The author in discussing uh, Hangouts uh, allowed is how Hangouts today are kind of weird. And, you know, I I think as you read him, what he's saying is that it's connecting on the Hangout is still a sort of Wild West experience, unless it's yet another tech show. Uh, You don't know quite quite what you're getting. But uh, there is an awful lot of good material being uh, made available by way of Hangouts today. When you should say it's not like you don't know what you're getting like a chat roulette or something. You know you're obviously friends or circlers uh, in some capacity with the people you're hanging out with unless it's just a public free-for-all, which doesn't really... Just make it public and then that's picking your own poison there. Yeah, I mean, you know better than to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's just another interesting take on this so, sort of social media set of tools that are out there. He 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 concludes with the point that Google Glasses offers the prospect of making the world a much more interesting place for social media mavens. Making the world one big hangout. One big hangout. Well, you know, it's sort of the realization of the in in ingress. Uh, phenomenon you know uh, imagine a day a few years from now when we're all walking around with our google glasses and uh, uh, actually seeing portals overlaid in what we're seeing in real life (laughs) yeah yeah that would be cool cool. because i'll tell you you don't look like a very cool agent holding your scanner up waiting for the damn server to connect so you can finish your portal hack. <laughs> I know. Goodness, man. That server lag today was terrible. I was in a place, I drove by this place a couple weeks ago, and there was nothing out there. And I don't know if it's because there's really spotty cell service, but I was like on top of my truck holding the phone, trying to stay within cell service with like half a bar of 1X, right? Half a bar of 1X, <laughs> right on the very tip of the circle of the portal where I can reach it, like, trying to get it to go. Got all three of the portals that are there, and then came back, and there was no cell service. I was like, yeah. awesome. Back, Those back are mine. in the old days, guys used to play solitaire on their Windows PCs when the boss wasn't looking. I remember That's that. what they're doing now. Holy cow. Playing Ingress. <laughs> I know my route took me, like, four hours longer than it should have because I'm like... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Guys, would it, is it a fair, just on this topic Mike brought up, it, it, tell me if this makes sense. I, it's off the top of my head. Is Google building applications looking toward this future with 50 gigabit cities all over the place, whereas Facebook is building stuff that works today? Like, look at how much better Google Hangouts would be if we were all on, on gigabit connections to really fast uh, servers somewhere in the world. Well, that goes with any video, audio, anything. I mean, Netflix would saying, be better. Look at, the, look at the stuff that, okay, what does Google got? They've got Hangouts. What does Facebook have that's comparable? They've got this. Well, they have built-in Skype. Skype. They're not integrating. They're not looking as far toward the future, I would suggest, as Google is. Facebook is not doing self-driving cars. Facebook isn't even doing gigabit cities. <laughs> Uh, they're not doing Google Glasses. Hold on, let's let's think about that for a sec. A yeah. Facebook, what, I, I, where would I, that car and, and take Google you? Just hired that uh, Ray Kurzweil, who you made things a lunatic. No, he's they're, awesome. They're, I have three of his books. They're great. Wait, Larry, I beg to differ. They Facebook okay. is making self-driving cars because every kid is on their phone instead of driving their damn car. That's <laughs> a good point, Chris. <laughs> In a way, they are making self-driving cars because everyone you drive down the road now, and all the teenagers are like this. <laughs> Driving subconsciously? That's only a little scary. <laughs> only. All right, I, I'll, I'll give Mike's thing a... Uh, I'll go for it just because I think Google is looking more to the future than the present. They're definitely more expansive in, in what they're doing, and the stuff that they're doing is way awesome and relevant, not like how can we get you to spend more time on Facebook playing games and how can we monetize off of that? 
Well, yeah, you what know, comes off as Facebook is really about ads or an attempt to be about ads. Well, they're anyway. trying to find a way to monetize that. Google had its monetization down from day one. They were an ad company. You know, like Facebook, yeah. what what was it? You know, it, they didn't really have a good – it was a way to skis chicks and go to parties. You know, Google had its its ducks in a row basically before it started scaling to all of these different projects it's now working on. So if you read the comments on that article, the, one of the questions is, why would I trust all that? And they're a public company. What would they try to do? And what other public company, you know, ever tries to be helpful or, you know, get, uh, always benefits the consumer? And one guy put one line that says banks. Banks Boom. are a for-profit company that gives services that benefit the consumer. Oh. Well, and that's a lot of trust you put in that bank. That's your money. Well, that's your. Hey, man, let me to be the, to take up on the, the guy's thing. There's a lot of competition in banking. Um, I could imagine a world where Google or maybe Google, Facebook, and Amazon or something, uh, you know, are the only game in town. And uh, that's what we've got right now with the phone companies. Yep. Well, yeah, what's left of – well, apparently now we're mad as he has like one tower that lets him play Portal. It's, you know, the whole state <laughs> apparently. We have you know, LTE my, my reaction here, is you. this. I, when I'm using a Google product, yeah. Or learning about a new Google service, I'm sort of pulling for them to to pull to get it together and make it work and you know be really neat. And most of the time when I'm doing something on Facebook, I like connecting with the people, but I'm a little creeped out by the service. So you like the users, but not the company itself. But on Google. You also yeah. like the users, but you also like the company. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. I, I with Facebook, I'm always I'm always a little worried about what their ulterior motive is. <laughs> I don't. Don't, I don't, you, don't you also interact with a whole different group of people, generally speaking? Totally, totally. It's, it's, it's night and day different. Yeah, there's yeah. no Aunt Pruitt over on Facebook. Night and yeah, day, man. Right. That's that by itself makes all the difference. Yeah. <laughs> there is a there is a Pruitt ant, but it's not him. But that's, that's what he says. <laughs> I, I I messaged him. Totally not not Ant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can get Ant on Twitter, but that's only 140 characters of Ant. Ant has well more than 140 characters. He does like 256 characters last time I checked. So Sometimes. Some of them are duplicates. I'll, I'll give you that, but you know. That's all he needs. <laughs> that's right. So, all right, before we get out of here, Chris, tell us about this uh, cloud... Big query tour. Big query. I'll make it real quick and easy because it's a. De- it's not, I shouldn't say a demo. It is a look inside of two areas of data that's terabytes and terabytes of data to show you how they're working. Is their big query project? It's all cloud based, but to show you how they process data very quickly, so they let you search across two different things. So I search for using a slide, and they make it very UI driven. I search for a date range for my region. For the weather over the last like 15 years, it processed 11 gig of data in three seconds and gave me the results. I mean, they're showing you how to slice for enterprises years and years of huge amounts of data and to get valuable information from it quickly, uh, you know, using good open queries. So this is their cloud.google.com slash big query is the URL you can go to. And there's a free tour that they'll let you look at Wikipedia or weather data. But it's showing companies now that big data slicing and information is one of the things they need to really start looking at. And I, I believe that because that's where all the knowledge is hidden is inside all this data that companies have. When don't that, yeah, exactly. These companies have had all of this data for so long. And I mean, they get a little bit of uh, information out of it here and there when they need it. But they're not looking at the overall trends that they could be predicting or using, you know, in, in how they're shaping their business for the future. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And what cool. company on earth? knows more about that right now than Google. Google Earth. Facebook has been doing it forever. Google Earth. Facebook. And Facebook. And Facebook, to be fair. They'll merge, and then... Oh, then we're really... Then we have Google Face. Everywhere we got Google Face. (laughs) Then we're we're hosed. Yeah, really. That's Mike, I'm with you. I'm all for Google now, but in 20 years or something, our, our grandchildren may think all those guys are big monopolistic rats. You'll say words like I'm being good guys. You'll say words like Bing and they'll go what? Yeah, really. <laughs> is dinner this is ready? All, this, oh, wait. this is all transitory. I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah. Who who would have thought uh uh you know Microsoft would have turned into the 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 uh 
gargantuan uh, immobilized company that it is today. The sleeping behemoth. It sits there and cranks out billions of dollars of profit, but uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't bring us Google Glasses, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> No, I mean, 10 years ago, we would have been having this over a very sketchy video conference system at companies. Yeah. It would have cost us about $10,000 to have this call that we just had for free on Google Hangouts. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we were doing it with Skype before, but not like this, you know, and then not having the possibility of having it up on YouTube without someone having to go through and edit all of each person talking. And now I need their camera up and I need like, this is really cool how they've done it. Totally. And it's getting much better. And it and didn't just, crash yeah. at all tonight. Thank you, Google. Here it comes. They heard our complaints last you, night. You had to say it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's fine. Crash now. We're at the end of the show. So uh, plugs, make it quick, starting with Ant. Go. Yeah, yet another tech show.com. Fantastic. Yeah. Larry, go. I just look at my Google Plus page. I don't have any. Right. I'm not in business, you guys. I, I love that about you, Larry. <laughs> it's like I don't care. <laughs> Mike, go. <laughs> Come find me on uh, the Twitterverse. Uh, I'm at that works for me. Awesome, Chris. That's a cool name, man. Chris Miller. I do notes on every network known to man and SpikeStudio.com for all the shows. That a boy, and we're yet another tech show dot com. That's the site. Check it out on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a message if you like. Four zero six two zero four four six eight seven. That's the number. And uh, join the community and check us out Thursday for the smartphone photographer hangout. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Yet Thanks all. Show.com. Thanks we'll talk to you next week. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.